Hello, Steve. Hello, Jill. It's time to game classy. Uh, hello. Hello, I've already started recording. I'm fancy this time. Yeah, I, I saw there was a there was a prompt that told me you were recording before I joined. The, the recording don't say anything racist. Uh, yeah, well, I mean they they have to legally do that, but uh, but also true. <laughs> yes, don't let your accidental racism slip out. Yes, accidental. <laughs> well, well, that's you know in America we we only punish the people who are. Um, who do the racism out loud? The people who keep the racism quiet are okay. It, it, you gotta get, you gotta get caught, and you gotta have not enough money. That's yes. that's yeah. how you get punished in America. You need no, 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 you, no. That's not necessarily true because there's lots of of rich people who have gotten in trouble, but they're not like old money racism and old money rich. They're they're like Hollywood rich, like like Mel Gibson or. Um, um, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, and what I'm saying is they didn't have enough money. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, because if you do an accidental racism, that's a, and you've got a lot of money, it, it's sometimes you could scooch. Yeah. Also, possibly, possibly someone with more money didn't like them. And if someone has more money than you, you lose. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, it's it's like war, like the card game. War. I mean, it is like that, that fucking, I mean, the most famous case of it's Farmer, bro. Like nothing bad was going to happen to that guy until rich people figured out they were that he was playing with their money. And they were like, wait a minute. And suddenly, wait, bam, he's in jail. <laughs> it's very, very true. Yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome to Game Classy, where it's, um, we, how did they describe us? They said that we are, um, we're, are we woke trash fires? I think that's what we were called sometimes. I miss that, but I that's funny. Yes. I, well, I think I've been specifically called a trash fire. So, uh, well, I missed the I missed I missed the the woke part, but that's good. We're we're so woke. We yes, we are a woke podcast of forty year old men. Yeah, forty uh, year old white men. Thank you. Forty year old white men. Yes. <laughs> we're the most woke people out there. It's true. <laughs> uh, uh, I I'm so woke. I almost killed a person on the expressway the other day. Because I drive the expressway every day for work, and on my way home, there's this really bad interchange where one expressway turns into another expressway, and it's always tight, right? There's people are always bumper to bumper, and there's a lot of crazy people out there. Anyway, I'm usually pretty good at navigating it. A guy kind of pulls out in front of me, not not like cuts me off or anything like that, but definitely, you know, he saw me coming and kind of scooched in. And you know what he did, Steve? You know what he did? Full stop on the expressway to try and merge through the, the the lane on his right full stop on the expressway i almost got out of my car and killed him I, that's like that's like that's how that's how those giant pileups happen I, I, that's pretty much what it was um it, it was it was bad i i, I wanted to kill him very badly <laughs> yeah, i mean I, clearly that guy does not value his life if he's willing to come to come to a complete stop on the yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, was, I was i was i was furious furious i still Cars. think about it to the i still think about it this was two days ago yeah i mean you had to get that out yes oh. Car, cars cars terrify me and drivers terrify me even more yeah well you you have become a uh recluse so hey i'll go anywhere i can run baby 
Yeah, that's that's still technically a recluse. <laughs> I can run far. I'm not saying you're you're a classical recluse. I'm just saying you're a recluse. Cool. I could be like the I could be like the 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 active guy in the woods. The active not 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 the, not the, yeah yeah the guy who like so like you know in the film you see me you see me outside like with an axe and then like you don't see me again but like I was outside. I'm not the creepy guy in the in the house. You're a, yeah you're you're a suburban hermit is what you are. Ooh, a suburbit. Suburban. There you go. All right. So let's talk about some. Oh, uh, yes, we are Game Classy, and this is the worst podcast about gaming ever existed because we kind of rarely talk about games and anything other than a passing fact. And go, I believe oh, we were good. declared the best worst podcast. We are the best worst podcast out of all of like the worst podcasts about gaming or or just po- or just podcasts like where you see like three up and coming comedians up and coming in quotes sitting in on like a black couch with like microphones in front of them or they're all slouching down <laughs> they've been they've been up and coming for 20 years <laughs> yeah and then they they give their impressions on something and they're like what you didn't know that abraham lincoln was a real person <laughs> why do they sound like they're from clueless because well that's how all young people talk nowadays you didn't um, know that I didn't. I, I I know this. I know the slang, but I don't. I I only read the text. I don't. I don't hear them talk. So I know about like you no. Know, all I know all about people. last Rismus and like the the gat, the Rizzler. I know all the words, Joe. So as a person who regularly works with Zoomers and kids that are younger than Zoomers, I will tell you that all that slang that people are talking about for Zoomer slang is like maybe five percent of their total way of speaking like it's barely you, they barely ever say anything like that um and <laughs> telling I, me that they're not t- they're not constantly throwing out their gat for the rizzler yeah never i have never heard the word riz really <laughs> used more than like twice i mean like this has to be something that's going on in one specific place like new york city mm. like that's where people are talking like this because in my life, I have never. And then it spreads. Yeah, I, yeah no, that makes sense. But I mean, it, it, even in the spreading, I think it's more like ironically spreading, like well, older people. That's the thing, it. though, is, is, is I, I've, I've determined that I, I now firmly believe that because uh, because of social media, like poisoning our society, <laughs> uh, the way that things um spread now is rather than them like spreading organically like i don't know like the word cool yeah uh it's always like it's always something awful because like you hear you hear like a a, a a phrase like sticking out your gat for the rizzler and you're just like that is the stupidest fucking thing i've ever heard and yeah. then you start using it ironically and then other other people start using it ironically and then after a certain amount of time the irony fades and people just say unironically sticking out their gat for the rizzler <laughs> so like when i say what's up brah yeah, it's like it, like yeah. using bra. Like bra was like that was I remember that like bra like bra was ironic to not ironic, but now it, it's fallen out. And then and then the final arc, of course, for all of these is they fall out of favor. Yes. Um my my favorite currently is my youngest son or my youngest child, my son. He goes around and you know what he does? He does the Charlie Brown ugh. <laughs> he literally puts the G at the end of uh. So it's ugh. And I'm like, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean that's pretty great. Yes. Um, so, yes, back to being the best, worst podcast ever, where fingers are on the pulse of gaming news. So, what you got any gaming news? Uh, no, I, I got I, I do. I do have some gaming news. Oh, what's uh, your gaming news? I got I got I got three or two, two, two pieces of gaming news. Uh, the first is that the Battletech Mercenaries box set is coming soon. 
like okay. actual retail. So that'll be cool. Um, get your awful, get your big blocky robots. The big blocky robots. And then some that look really cool. And you're like, why do these robots look so much cooler than all the other robots in Battletech? It's like, oh, it's because they stole those from uh, Robotech. Stole those from Robotech. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Nice. Now I understand why these look so good. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's probably the only thing that bothers me about Battletech. I mean, in reality, is just that I think that the mechs are so... The majority of mechs are so bad. Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. Uh, which I mean, it, I, so... I will. I, so I'm gonna be generous. I'm gonna be generous on this, Steve. I will say at least minimum fifty percent of mechs are bad. My problem with the mechs is actually more is 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 a bit different. I I, I think I'm I think I'm a bit more generous. Also, I think that the the mechs have they've re revised the design, so a lot of the mechs that look really horrible don't look as bad as they used to. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, let's let's pass that pass on that the biggest issue with uh battletech for me personally is that a lot a lot of the mechs look very like whether or not they're bad or good they look very similar mm. so so i have a, I, I i like i'm looking at like the that's the thing like battle battletech is a it's a very weird uh through line for its design because mechs either look completely different like they don't have anywhere near the close close to the same profile or they look almost fucking identical yeah, I, and, I, and that bugs me. Um, my my thing is, is why would you want to play with Battletech or Robotech when you could play with Exo Squad? I mean, dude, I would fucking play the shit out of an Exo Squad uh, uh, minis game. Are you kidding? Like, absolutely. Exo Squad's great. Exo Squad's fantastic. The best thing about an Exo Squad mini game is you don't really need like Exo Squad minis. You could just use Exo Squad figure your toys. I, that's true. If they weren't I, I, so expensive. And then you got, and then you got to have, you got to have deep philosophical commentary about a cartoon that's mostly going to be watched by seven-year-olds. Yep. I mean, it really does. Like I was, kind of, I went back and I actually watched. Um, not, I mean, it was, I guess it was kind of long ago. Like it was like five or six years ago. But I actually went back and rewatched all of Exo Squad. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's very good. It's the European front of World War Two. It, it's 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 really good like what the fuck <laughs> like i like i i did not realize how good it like obviously you know i loved it as a kid because it was cool well isn't that the isn't that what it, it was like designed to be the east uh the the european front of world war ii while robotech was supposed to be the uh pacific well robotech was like robotech was like a cobbled together um or the original macross let's put it yeah, that way the the, the original macross was just like uh I don't really know if it was designed as anything specific because the original Macross, you know, it's like it's alien versus humans. There's like an alien invasion. Yes. Um, I don't know if it was designed after any anything specifically like that, but um, the uh, I, I don't know what. Actually, oh, speaking of, have you watched Godzilla minus one? Uh, I have not seen it yet, but I have heard it. It is like fucking incredible. I've I've watched some of it, and it's it's very good. It's not very Joe. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. it's a little, but I think that has more to do with, um, it, that's more of a cultural thing. There's oh, a, you're just not yeah. a Godzilla fan. No, I, well, no, I'm a, I, okay. I'm not a Godzilla fan, but and I, I, it's not, but it's not like I, I dislike Godzilla. I have a very, yeah. I'm very Godzilla neutral. You, you could be, you, you don't have to be a fan of, if just cause you're not a fan of something doesn't mean you dislike yeah. it. I'm Godzilla agnostic. Um, <laughs> Godnostic. Godzilla-nostic. <laughs> Godzilla. 
I, whatever. But the uh, but the I, when I was watching it, it's very good. But a lot of the humans, it's very human focused, mm-hmm. and a lot of that human focus is. I I don't culturally understand it. Like I can watch it and be like, oh, okay, I get what they're doing here, but it's like it's so foreign to me that I have trouble identifying with the characters. Does that make sense? Okay. No, I got you. Well, I mean, because it's probably, I mean, I assume it would be written from a Japanese perspective. Oh, 100%. It's very, it's very post-war Japan dealing with a lot of their trauma. Mm. Just like the original Godzilla. It's just, this is true. Yeah. Uh, But I could, I, this is, this is the, this is like the remake, right? Like, like if anything, like if you would consider this, like, this is a remake of the original. I don't know. I didn't see Raymond Burr sweating at all. In it. <laughs> I can't really say if it's a remake of the original. There was no fat guy going, we're doing all we can do. <laughs> or it's like you see a bunch of Japanese people talking and then you cuts to a, like, a lone guy in a separate room going, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's I could see I could see you really liking it. I've I've seen Shin Godzilla. Which is the the one where it's mostly about it's it's a it's the one that was released a few years ago. Yeah, the one that was about incompetent politicians. Yes, I kind of like that one quite a bit. That I, one I like was that fun one too. Yes. There's a bunch of but there's a bunch of incompetent politicians going like, well, we need to come up with come up with a committee to figure out what's going on. Here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I was like, I was great because I was uh I was I was talking to one of my friends um who lives in Japan and then uh he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> he's like, yep. It's like absolutely like that is that is that is one hundred percent how it would be in Japan. Like there would be a crisis, and there'd have to be like ten special committees made. And like and he's like, eventually they'd probably get it handled, but man, it would take a while. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's um, like Japan is like the ultimate like red like the ultimate red tape red country. Tape, yeah, yeah. Like I could yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, he's like he's like the one th- he says the one good thing is though is like when they say they're gonna do something, they do it. It just takes forever. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, all right. Like th- things, things rarely get like uh, with the Japanese government. Things rarely go up in, uh, in like vapor. But actually, getting it to the point where like they're going to go forward with it is a thing. Yeah, I mean, like you, you always see that on like on Reddit or or TikTok where they're like, this Japanese road was collapsed during an earthquake. Look how long it took to fix it. And then it's like a time lapse that takes like three hours and they fix the entire road. Oh, well, yeah. Infrastructure wise, like they're they're unmatched. It's just like it's like, oh, it's broken. Fix it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, but I need the TikTok electronic I mean the robot voice to tell me uh, what's going on. That's very good. Uh, but oh, oh, and you said the most important part of of, of the Battletech launch is, is there's actually now going to be some vehicles you can buy, which is great because the vehicles in Battletech are, are useful and um, are kind of I don't want to say like hard, but like annoying to get. Are they, they have... are they, how many of them are dune buggies? Uh, you know, I don't think they have, I don't think they have small infantry sized vehicles other than elementals, which oh, are these are big vehicles. Well, they're like tanks and planes and stuff. So uh, no dune buggies. I don't think so. I mean, they have the elementals, which is essentially exo squad. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, they have that, um, but no dune buggies. No, they cannot go on the dune buggy planet. I just uh, I keep on like wanting to do the the Exo Squad theme, and it keeps coming out in my head as the theme from Cops. So Cops. Fighting crime in a future time. Cops. Yeah, occasionally there's a guy just saying Cops. Yes, that's good. Um. 
Oh, and the other bit of news is the new magic set. Um, uh, coming up soon, Murders at Karlov Manor has a couple big changes. Um, the first is, so I mean, I'm sure this you you don't know this, but a, a oh, while back, a while back, uh, they changed magic booster boxes where they had draft booster boxes and then they had set booster boxes so uh the idea being that a draft booster box is what you would buy to play and a um set box is what you would buy to open so the way that the packs were configured and like a whole bunch of stuff was different like that's that that's like the long and that's the elevator pitch but the problem is, is like for stores distributors even players like everyone was like what what do i buy like <laughs> which one am i supposed to buy like i don't i don't get it and then like then they they produce too much draft not enough set then they produce too much set not enough draft then they produce not enough of either then they produce too much of both so like it caused a lot of problems uh for many many people player side retailer side distribution side everyone had problems with this double skew idea because it was you know you're in you're in the fucking you're in the reeds like nobody knows what the fuck it is so that, that that's been that's been a very obnoxious thing that's been going on for like about two years the the double yeah. skew so what they finally done starting with this set is they've now released something they're calling the play booster which is essentially in the middle of these two things so the reason that you couldn't draft with a set booster is set boosters had a like um a little grouping of cards that kind of went together and like so like it was like basically the long and short is like you couldn't the way they're configured it just doesn't work um now <laughs> yeah i mean i don't want i like i could like it would take too long to explain it like yeah, you're already losing me i'm like okay so, <laughs> so who's on first so the play booster now is designed to be something that's fun to open and also play with so that's that's a big change now aside from all that the actual set looks very very cool um and I'm actually kind of excited about uh, what they, they have this thing. Uh, so it's, a, it's, it's Murders at Karloff Manor, and it's, it's a whodunit mystery-themed um, set. Like, it's actually about a murder, and, like, there's, there's, there's mystery in, like, solving mechanics in the uh, set. Now, the, the thing that's really cool about this is there's uh, Cluedo. There's a Cluedo edition of this set like there's a box it is ravnica who are american listeners that's clue yes correct um there's also a version of that's just called clue um is there what? Was, wait, wait 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 hold on hold on what the, there's also a version that's just called clue there's a version that's called clue and there's a version that's called cluedo yeah it was when it, the the images spoiled said cluedo so that they were like when 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 there's when there's magic spoilers there's always stuff that's in other languages Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Well, I like how it's another language. Yet it's it's just UK English. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean. It's uh, other. I should say. I should have said other regions. The well, American yeah. re the American region will just be called Ravnica Clue Edition. Well, yeah. Well, Mr. Green in America. You know, he's Reverend Green, I believe, in the UK. That makes or Parson sense. Green. Oh, Parson Green, like Parson yes. Brown. Um. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. So it's it, it it's like it looks like a fat pack. Uh, or a bundle, which is something that has a bunch of boosters in it, except it's not. It has these weird packs uh, called Ravnica Clue Edition, uh, and you actually shuffle two packs and play, and it's literally playing a murder mystery, but it uses magic cards. Like, it, it's, an, it's an actual fusion 
of the two games. So like it is a fully functional game of, of clue, <clears throat> uh, the, uh, the card game variant and magic. It's very interesting looking. And I think that'll be an exciting, uh, I think that box itself will be really, really good for anyone. Uh, even if you're not like, like if, if you're, if you're actively playing magic, if you're not actively playing magic, I think it would be a very fun little like game to put on your shelf, like as a board game to believe, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, cause it has eight, it has eight of the special edition boosters, but also it's designed to be replayable. Uh, so presumably they will have, um, some sort of, uh, way to like reshuffle the cards after you've opened them to like play again. So I don't know. It yeah. looked really cool. I well, yeah. Hey, I love a murder mystery. What can I say? Uh, that's it. That's that's my gaming news. I'm done. All right. I mean, uh, it's, it's good because we usually put the uh, the the magic stuff at the end of the podcast. And we're like, and new magic done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually had like some commentary in this one. No, well, normally because normally it is just hey, it's new magic. Yeah. No, this, this you, I, I, I was just sitting back. I was enjoying it. I was like, hmm, interesting. Yes. I don't know if people were. We're waiting for my little interstitials like that, but yes. Um, but other stuff that you do like is um, that you find interesting is they talked about Old World. They got um, the psychology and the magic up finally. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I can't say yes enough. Like, um, which one do you want to talk about first, magic or, or psych? Uh, magic. I guess. Well, yeah, magic is is I really like how they're doing magic now is that now it's like you you roll two dice, add your power level instead of having power dice, which I think is much better. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 literally the War of the Rings style. Yes, which is super important. And because you're doing stuff in in each phase, it's a lot more you magic's going to be a lot more useful. There's a like a a proximity component for miscat and for uh, a dispels, which I think is interesting. Yep. Yeah. And there's no there's no um, bookkeeping with uh, how many power dice you have, dispel dice, etc., which is good. Yeah. And I do. And the best part of it all is that if you um, you dispel, you you go to dispel spell your enemy spell, and you roll your two dice and you get double ones. You know what it's called? Oh, I know, but I want you to say it. It's called being outclassed in the art. <laughs> That's right. You've been outclassed. You've been. It's just anytime you could say that to an opponent in a game, even though how slim the opportunity is, because you probably have like, I don't know, maybe 20 spells that you might be able to put off during the game in this edition, it looks like. And if you put off that many spells, I mean, getting double ones is going to be kind of rare. It's one in 36. But there's a possibility you're going to roll that. And so or that's if you're dispelling at every spell option. Mm -hmm. And if you do, though, you could just say to your opponent, looks like you've been outclassed in the art and you put on your sunglasses, fart in their face and drive away <laughs> on your motorcycle. Badass. Out, outclassed. Yes. Looks like you've been outclassed. <laughs> you just drive off. Um, yes. So that's it's it's um really fun. And they do have they, they brought back the miscast table. But I think it's just the way that they streamline magic that really that really peaks my uh boils my potato how about that uh yeah i like it i uh, i fully uh, i'm fully endorsed fully improved uh, fully approved uh i want it i want it now and it looks like magic resistance is probably going to be a bigger thing in this edition edition uh i mean i can see that yeah 
I mean, I'm I'm just in my head. I'm seeing because of the way that they're doing the special rules. I think a lot. There's everything's going to have a lot more special rules, and I think Magic Resistance is going to be a bigger one for a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a so I'm a big fan of that. Like I, I've I've said before, one of the things I like the most about Age of Sigmar is that, like, yes, technically there's a lot of rules in Age of Sigmar, but because and I think 40K has shifted to this too, because I mean, from what I've heard, the new edition is very close to Age of Sigmar, which I mean, that's a good thing as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Um, but uh, is there's a lot of rules, but you don't need to know them because everything is specifically attached to the unit. So like, you don't need to like, you know, there's like, I don't know, 30 different war scrolls from uh, Stormcast. You as a player, even as a Stormcast player, you do not need to know all those war scrolls. Like you just don't because they're, it's, they're, they're like, they're, it's not something that's going to appear in every game. It's not like when they add like uh, when they add like a new universal rule like over and over and then there's tons of universal rules and you have like that's 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 magic's issue. Magic issue has like so many keywords. You can have you could technically have a card that's just a bunch of words on it and like if someone is not very familiar with magic they'll be like it's incomprehensible. <laughs> uh so yeah, having it attached to the unit rather than in the army book, I like that a lot more. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think that's what they're kind of doing with uh, um, what's it called with with uh, Horus Heresies a lot like that too. Okay, yeah, I mean that's good. It's 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 less it's less uh, brain burden, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I just it, okay. So this is actually is a really good segue, even though I I do want to talk about the uh, psychology rules a little bit. But man, I've got my copy of the Le- uh, Legion's Imperialis rulebook. Oh yeah, you you were not impressed if I'm correctly. <laughs> it's holy shit. That is the most okay, so he it is a lot of rules for a side game for 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 games workshop, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not one of the main games. This is not Horus Heresy, this is not Age of Sigmar, this is not 40k. This is this is epic. It is a side game for this for for the company. And the rule book is 237 pages, and out of those 237 pages probably a hundred of those are rules there are a lot of rules in this book in this in this book and i gotta say it's and it's not impressive either it's not impressive rules because you know why steve they left out half of the space marine like arsenal (laughs) you don't have rules for land raiders you don't have rules for bikes you don't have rules for speeders you don't have rules for jet bikes all of that's like there's no rules for any of that wonderful <laughs> like they left out half of the stuff that a space marine like player would want like you know that guy who's like oh i can't wait to paint paint up my legions imperialis as, as you know white scars and do a white scars army mm-hmm. oh i can't do motorcycles well that's 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 fun <laughs> well so much for that yeah you can customize like they've been showing all this stuff like you could customize your army in any way they show these big spreads in white dwarf or like this is a three thousand point army and this is all you're gonna need look at all these cool drop pods oh drop pods sound fucking awesome let me go look in the rule like no drop pods okay <laughs> no 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 it's gonna come later as dlc well i just you know i i, I wanted to use those in my in my army that i'm, I'm building but I, I guess this is okay no deal <laughs> I guess no. There's no Spartan land raiders. It's like there's nothing. It's like half the Space Marine army 
the only rules that they have are the stuff that's in currently the book mm-hmm. or um, in currently the box and anything mm-hmm. that's been released for the airplane game and uh, Titan game. I see. Because those models already exist. Right. So that's the reason why those are in the rule book. Mm, I could see that. And, you know, that game of Horus Heresy where it's Marine versus Marine. I'm glad the second army they give you in that box is the Solar Auxilia because, man, <laughs> it's so great to have that in there. <laughs> to simulate all those battles that they were in and those cool books that we've all been reading. I think the Solar Auxilia have been in like two books, maybe one maybe a half book. Yes, I'm, I, instead of giving you two marine forces so that you could combine them together to make your own army, which would be smart. Well, okay. see, yeah, no, that's why you you got to buy the extras so you because they know you're gonna they know you're gonna uh, what army uh, army transport the uh, uh, the marine the marine half and leave the uh, imperial guard on the sprues. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like, and they wonder why like three D printing has taken off so much. Uh, I don't think they wonder that. I think they know damn well. <laughs> they know damn well, yes. Right. Um, yes, so that's, yeah, the, that, the rule, there's so, and there's, and the stuff that they do have in there, there's so many rules for it. Um, it that makes it, un, and it makes it super complicated. It's not like the, the army list rules are complicated. It's like the entire, like, how to play the game that gets, like, really nitty gritty in this book. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like if you do this, then blah, blah, blah. But if this happens, blah, blah, blah. But you have to make sure you're measuring from here, but not from here. And it's just like, oh, my God. That sounds really annoying. It's it's a little obnoxious. And there's a lot of terrain rules. Which are also kind of obnoxious. It's just like this is a game that you ha- you haven't you haven't sold me on this game. No, I, I, I haven't sold it on, on myself. If I did not have like the ability to just print off models just to paint for fuckies. Uh, I would probably not even sniff at this game, but I'm I'm interested in it because I do have someone I know who's playing it, and you know I already have some figures printed out, so might as well just give it a try. But yes, it's it's very fucky. Um, not a huge fan of it. Yeah, it's uh, it it sounds terrible. Yeah, it it's definitely it's the game should have been a lot speedier, and I was hoping that the rules would be a lot more like uh the the flying game or the or, or titan game right yeah i mean that's what that's what i want my, that's what i want in my epic game where i'm using tons and tons of models i want the slowest and most bogged down rule set possible that's exactly it it's like it's so bogged down it's like it's literally like playing 40k on a smaller scale and it's just like oh this is too much and not even like fast 40k it's like fifth ed 40k on a on a, on a massive scale this this pretty bad yeah and uh, i just I, it would have it would have made more sense just to put out all marines in the box and just not even worry about the the imperial guard stuff just said here's all of the marine stuff just play with marines until this other stuff comes out yeah i mean but it also course, could make a fast rule set too so yeah a fast play rule set because i you know i would say that until like you have the one the the one person who plays 40k and like i would like to play eldar for 30k Okay, are you going to pay for all of these models? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know my stance on it. I think if you're going to do Epic, you should do it right. But uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's, I, I, I think Epic is better than having the uh, than having it as Horse Heresy. But I, I get why they went Horse Heresy because it's less it's less cost. Oh, so it's, it's way that. less cost. <laughs> and, and in truth, no one plays 
Eldar. No one plays the Dark Eldar. No one plays well, Tau. That's because in Epic, those armies were all prohibitively fucking expensive because well, you couldn't. No, I'm just they, saying in real and in, in 40k even like no one's going to play the Tau in 40k. Come on. At least two people. You're going to play the Marines and you're going to like it. <laughs> At least two people play the Tau in 40k. <laughs> Listen here, Jack. There's only one army in 40k. And actually, that's Space Marines. Actually, mo actually the, the real answer to the one army in 40k is whatever the newest codex is. You're wrong. There's only one army in 40k, and that's Space Marines. And as soon as I learn how to open up the PDF for the Space Marines, <laughs> Jack, I was going to say your butt. There's only one army, and it's the newest one because it's the best. <laughs> now you are 100% correct in that, sir. Yeah. Yes. So the uh, so yeah, I would I would definitely Legions Imperialis is a is the most latest clusterfuck from Games Workshop. The first, of course, being Cursed City. This is. I don't think this is as big a clusterfuck as Curse City, but this is pretty darn close. Mm. This is like Curse City was like, oh, this is a really cool game and a cool concept with cool minis, but they just botched the entire release. This is more like they botched the release of something that should just be a surefire hit. And then when it finally comes out, everybody's like, um, yeah, this is a lot. <laughs> they cost so much. It's so many rules. It's like. Is it still isn't it still selling really well? I don't actually know. I mean, I, it probably is. I just think a lot of people are going to realize that it is a bad, uh, like long term game to play. You let's, have to do a let's you have be to be honest. Who's how many people are actually going to play the game? Nobody plays the games. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> it's it's is it fun? To, is it fun to collect and play? Like, is it fun to collect? And is the game good enough to keep your attention? The possibly two times a year you play it. That's yes. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, let's cycle back to old world because I want to talk about the psych rules. We finally figured out what was going on with the uh break tests. Yes. Yeah. So the, the break test, so I, I was, I think I was, I'm justified in my, in saying I was right is that if you um, pass leadership and a break test, you're good. You give ground. Um, I, I don't remember what give ground is, but I think it's just you, you, you back up a little bit like in Lord of the Rings, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. And then it also you, apparently like third edition fantasy or something. Maybe. So, um, and then you have, if you fail your leadership, but it's still underneath your leadership, your unmodified leadership, you fall back in good order. And then, if, but if you get a natural role that's higher than the leadership, you break and flee. Yes, higher than natural. That makes you higher wrong. than natural. So that's kind of cool. I like that concept a little bit better. Yes, it's very good. It, it's it's it means it, it means it's you're less likely to like immediately lose on break tests, which is good. It is. It's especially good because they've um. They've now they've modified fear and terror a little bit, correct? Uh, yes. Well, I I, I guess I shouldn't say because I don't know the most what the most up to date versions of those were. Uh, yeah, but in order to charge a unit with that has fear, um, you only if they are bigger than you, you have to take a leadership test. If you're if they're not, you don't. Um. Yes. So if I yeah, it's if you have lower unit strength, you want to you want to cut uh, you want to charge a fear causing unit. You have to take a leadership test, or your charge fails. Yes. And if you're if you're in combat with them, you have to take a leadership test per round, or you take minus one to hit. Yes, which is I think pretty cool. I think that that 
is an interesting because of course it's like the unit's going to be bigger than you because everybody's going to take a massive 30 man unit of skelly bones yeah because why not they're skelly bones however are vampire counts in the no vampire counts aren't in the new one so it's just tomb kings you're going up against uh yes it's specifically just tomb kings for, for and tomb now. kings can't raise the dead right um they cannot so i don't know if they're going to change anything but but uh, the, the way the Tomb Kings worked is you couldn't create new units or go over the starting strength of your unit, mm. but you could recover really well. I remembered something like that. That's uh, yeah. like their, their their resurrection is better than Vampire Counts, but you can't go over. So like, you know, example, like if Vampire Counts got a, got a spell that was like 46 skeletons, that's fucking broken because like they could just like fire out units of 46 skeletons left and right, like... There'd be nothing stopping you from taking like a you know a really minimum sized unit and just making it gigantic with with spells. Um, with Tomb Kings, that wouldn't matter because like to like the like the res only matters when you have dead models. So what about the Riz? The Riz? The Rizzler? It returns. <laughs> what about the what about the Wiz? He's the Wiz, and nobody beats him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, it's. It, I, I'm liking the psych rules so far. I'm liking everything that they're showing us so far. It looks like every change that they made is good. Um, now, I wanted people to be clear that when I talk about Legion's Imperialis rules being bloated, I'm not talking about the same type of thing for Old World being bloated. Uh, Old World is going to be a main game. It's not going to be a side game, like a specialist game. So those rules are, can be bigger. Like 30K has got bigger rule sets. AOS, all of those have bigger rule sets. That's what this is. Legions Imperialis is a side game. Legions Imperialis should be the game that you're like, I'm kind of done playing 40K today. Or for I've been, I'm kind of burnt out on 40K. Maybe I'll play this little specials game for a little bit just to kind of cleanse the palate. That's, that should be a fun, quick rule set. Not, I'm recreating World War II Stalingrad. Uh, I mean, I guess they're trying to make it a main game. I don't know. I have no, no idea yeah. I have no idea what their goals are. Their <laughs> goals are beyond my understanding. <laughs> this is beyond science. Uh yeah. Actually, um, as we're as we're talking right now, the Black Library preview is is going on right now. So we can learn all about the books that we're gonna that all their newest memes are gonna come from. Oh. Yes. Um actually uh what I did wanna talk about is something a little off uh uh, a skew from games workshop for a change uh but it's still in our wheelhouse is call of cthulhu mm -hmm. so i was looking at their newest book which is alone against the static which i thought was pretty interesting it's a 90s game so they're bringing back cthulhu now even though cthulhu now is cthulhu 30 years ago yes <laughs> <laughs> but i was wondering have you ever played any of the solo games for call I, of cthulhu i haven't no, they look like I, I would think because you like the solo gameplay games. I generally like solo games. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was kind of thinking would be pretty interesting. I, I wanted to get your opinion if you had ever played any of their solo games, because I know they have a couple. They're probably pretty decent. I don't know. I played the one. The ones I played the most were uh, Tunnels and Trolls. Tunnels and Trolls okay. are the ones I played the most solo games from. Um, I am. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a, it says this is a, it says it says this one has new solo mechanics. So we'll mm. have to see. Well, and also uh, that led me down a kind of a, um, a rabbit hole. There's a game company, I think it's out of Spain, and they put out a, a game called Always Choose Cthulhu. Have you heard of this? I have not. No. Um, all right. It's a game book collection that adapts stories by the famous writer H.P. Lovecraft into the classic first generation game books format. So basically, it's a 
it looks like a choose your own adventure game, a choose your own adventure game where you're going through all of the Call of Cthulhu stories. Okay. But they're calling it a game. So it's like choose your own adventure is a book series, but this is more like it says it's a game book. So it looks a little interesting to me. Um, I just I was wondering if you had ever heard anything about it because I know no um, I haven't it's it's I found it sounds up I my found, alley but not yeah because I, mean, I was looking at uh Steve Jackson games like did like a big announcement I thought that was kind of weird because I was like Steve Jackson games does an announcement what and I was looking because it was like there's stuff that they're coming out and I guess they're a distributor for this company hmm. and I was like this is really interesting but it's not just that the books are interesting it's the really good looking like I was looking at it and I was like wow, these are like really nice looking books. I kind of like it. <laughs> I kind of wish I could get them. I mean, if it's Steve, if Steve Jackson's doing it, you, you could get them. I know, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, they're just really nice looking books. I just was like, oh, man, I would, I really would like one of these. Oh, you should get one. I probably out. should, but I don't know. Like it's, it's also, they're from Spain. So you got to worry about the translation stuff like that. So if they're just doing like Google Translate or an AI translation, it might not <laughs> yeah, work we'll, out perfectly. Yeah, we'll have to see. The yeah. the machine translation is the uh, although Spain Spain is not too bad. It's there's still there's a lot of uh things um, that missed. First edition Infinity, first edition Batman game. First edition Infinity <laughs> was fucking something else. I don't know. I don't know what they. First edition Infinity was worse than Google Translate. So I don't know <laughs> what they used for that translation. <sighs> They used Miguel. He's down the block. He kind of knows English a little bit from I, school. I, I literally think that's what they did. I think they yeah. had some guy who was like, yeah, I know English. See, yo comprendo inglés. Yeah, exactly. Like that guy, that's the guy they hired to do the translation because that was definitely worse than Google Translate. Uh, that would be me doing like, see, yo hablo español. Yo hablo. Yo hablo español. My my favorite is is one of my coworkers is from Wisconsin, and so I'm 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 always uh, picking on him a little bit whenever he says something like tacos. <laughs> Good old tacos. Oh, we're gonna go out and get some tacos, and you know we're gonna get the hard shell kind that you like. You could put them in the freezer, and they those hard shells last forever. <laughs> and then you just put a little bit of ground beef in there, some shredded lettuce, some tomato, and a little sour cream. And of course, you gotta have the shredded cheddar cheese on there. <laughs> God damn it. God, I love a taco. The only problem is, is that when they crumble, man, they just fall apart. But it's kind of nice because you could use it like nachos. Yeah, you just have nachos instead, you know. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm veering more into Chicago as I'm doing this, but <laughs> definitely we're going to eat tacos. Oh, uh, yes. So that's that's my uh, my my one weird discovery. I was like, always choose Cthulhu. It's a terrible name for the game because it, it, it just makes me feel like it's a old 1990s choose your own adventure where it's like always choose cthulhu and the the case of the pirate's treasure yeah i mean i get it but yeah it's not the worst let me see i'm gonna translate it into um espanol and see what it's called see if it's better oh it's just called choose cthulhu (laughs) oh well that's probably a little bit better uh collection choose cthulhu edition deluxe yeah, it says Cthulhu Mythos in first person. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks that looks that looks pretty cool. I know. So I figured I figured you'd that'd be up your alley with the single player and with the the single player game. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm down. I'll ch- I'll check yeah. it out. It looks it looks up my alley for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe that'll be a maybe it'll be a Christmas present to yourself. The the, the first the first book uh, on the in the store is Advanced Choose Advanced Choose Cthulhu. <laughs> uh, Spanish, Satan Spanish. Uh, Escape de Riley. Escape <laughs> de Riley. Uh, and 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 it's and it's written by Edward T. Riker, which I mean, <laughs> Edward T. Riker is that another Riker clone? apparently <laughs> you got will Riker. you got oh what was the, what was the first clone uh thomas Riker. thomas Riker, and now you got edward Riker. yep <laughs> ah la llamada de cthulhu edition vintage yes. i don't know why i turned french there too <laughs> uh i should just get these in spanish and just learn my spanish through them did 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 you ever do you ever uh, think about how the fact that our Riker is the clone? Yes, I've often thought about that one. That Thomas Riker is technically the original Riker. Yeah, Thomas Riker is technically the original Riker. Like, the, or, I, you, you can't say real Riker because they're both real. Yeah, uh, but it's but he is the original Riker, which is so weird to think about. It's just like, oh, this character that we know is not the character that we know. <laughs> I, 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 I he is cool. he technically is. Yeah, it's just kind of cool. You could say that about anybody who's gone through the um, transporter process, that they're not technically the original person that we've seen. Well, I don't mean in a ship of Theseus way. I mean, like, if you were to say, like, the, the right. No, no, no. I, I know what first. you're saying. Okay. Yeah. But it's 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 like you. So my thing is, is that when you go through the transporter, it's not like you're becoming a a separate and a new person kind of like because right. that was always the theory with the transporter was that when you go through the transporter you're not the original person anymore you're a copy of them that it's identical right like a xerox copy so it'd be like a xerox so it, it would be like if a fax machine when they faxed over the piece of paper the piece of paper no longer existed right, right on exactly. my end so if i fax it the piece of paper no longer existed but it would show up on the other end though it's technically the same piece of paper and the original no longer exists. Right. Right. However, so, so in the transporter, wait, I got going back to what I was saying. <laughs> I got myself into a, a loop. You're, you're, you're in a Star Trek jargon loop. I'm in a jargon loop. So Thomas and William are technically the exact same person, just with different experiences with the same divergence point. Yes. So there it's, but yes, you are correct in that Thomas is the probably the more close to the original one. Yes. So let's say that you go through a transporter. Every time you go through a transporter, you are 0.9999999 exactly the same. Maybe there's like an at, atom missing or something missing, right? So hypothetically, after enough transporter uses, your body would not be the same. It would be only like 0.9999998 the same so it's you could hypothetically say that thomas Riker is the more correct Riker, but that's argue that's an argument i also did like how um at deep space nine and voyager they said we will not we will never be using thomas Riker ever again yes well what's this uh what's his name brandon braga hates thomas Riker. <laughs> i know he hates it anytime anyone brings up thomas Riker. yeah I know that's I was I was doing some deep diving onto uh, some Deep Space Nine stuff, and I kind of got I got mad thinking about the Maquis and how 
there was so much that could have been done with that storyline. Oh, it could have been. Done. It could have been one of the. It could have been one of the best storylines that Star Trek's ever had. It yes. Easily, it easily could have been. Yes, and I just I get I get so mad thinking about it, and I just one of the things I love about the Maquis that I wish they had explored more in Star Trek was like just how dumb the Maquis are. <laughs> like to me, the Maquis are essentially um, libertarians. And it's like, on one hand, you could have luxury space communism, luxury gay space communism. And the other hand, you could be like hard scrabble pioneers who are basically shitting in holes in the woods. And it's like, I, why would anybody ever take the shitting in the hole in the woods when you could have luxury gay space communism? See, for me, my, my big thing is, is it's, I, I think it's less. I'm not even going to go that far. I'm <laughs> going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to dial it back before you even think of like any sort of like political or economical ideas. Um, the fact that they're so willing to go tooth and nail and like absolutely like this is our ancestral home about it, like which would make sense if they weren't humans from the fucking Federation <laughs> who have only lived on that planet for like 15 years. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was an absolutely like completely irrelevant amount of time for fucking uh, that's 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 the thing that's infuriating about it is because like if you wanted to have that plot line make sense like why would you say that the maquis were only on that planet for such a short fucking time like i don't that's the part i don't get like there's 15 years this is star trek you've been on a planet for 15 years that's nothing people will be yeah. like oh yeah all right yeah we'll bail we're good. Like, yeah, like, it's like I, oh, I, okay. In Trek, I could see someone like a scientist being like, I terraformed this planet. Like, I use my science and my hard work, and this is a planet that I pretty much designed from scratch. Like, that would be a Star Trek type of character, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. This, like, these team of scientists who are like, no, we spent our lives making this planet. This is our planet. Yeah, or this, well, you know, not... This is our plan. This is our baby. Like we're not just going to hand it over to the Cardassians. We did this. Yeah. Like or I could, at, or at that. least like at least make it like the second generation. Like our our you know our 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 parents died. Fine. You know, our parents sacrificed planet. everything to make this planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something at least like that. Like that, I could at least see like a little more. Just give them a little bit more motivation to make like how they acted like make sense. Well, Chicote could bring up his ancestors. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> yeah. What's what? that thing that he always said? Like when he was chanting? Oh, God. oh I can't remember. I, I just, I, the, the thing I remember the most was uh, definitely um, when they, the guy, their, their Native American consultant. Yeah, not Native American at all. Not even yeah, close. exactly. It was like the most racist thing ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, that, that's the thing. Like, they tried to do it right, but man, they did not check that guy's credentials. They, <sighs> you it know. was literally, literally just like, just like I said, it was just like the guy who said, who wrote the first edition Infinity book, who was just like, yeah, I, I can speak English. It was some yeah. guys just like, yeah, I'm Native American. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Native American. Yeah, I'm Native American. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. Just like, oh, God. So I think of those episodes and I just think of the pure cringe of like, it's just, it's literally like, oh, I, I just, I, I don't know. I can't watch those episodes anymore, but you know my feelings on Voyager anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, the, uh, the only last gaming thing that I really wanted to bring up was the, um, oh, I did want to bring up something else. But something that you would like is they uh, they showed the new Flesh Eater Quartz box set. Oh, it's great. I love that box set. 
Yes, uh, they're very they're very Steve models. I do I do think that they're very Stevie. Yeah, they're at that that box that's so fucking cool. <laughs> and I did want to apologize to the people who I said um, Middle Earth was dead because, of course, Games Workshop just released uh, uh, resin uh, Kings of the uh, the the Army of the Dead with with its clear and see through. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I I still think you're correct. I, I, I know it's. <laughs> Oh, oh, I see. You were you were making a gag. Yes, I, I'm making a, I'm making a funny because it's I, I all they're doing is re-releasing old stuff again, just in a new material. <laughs> yes. OK, very good. I, I, I was like, I was like, wait. But... <laughs> However, I will be the first to admit they're really cool looking. Like, they are really cool looking. Cool. I mean, yeah. the, the Lord of the Rings stuff's great. It just it, it's like it's so it's just pretty obviously like Embracer is not going to let Games Workshop keep it. So, yes, very much so. Yeah, and Embracer, then that's the thing too. Like, you can consider the Lord of the Rings IP like essentially dead because like Embracer is the worst. Like, they are like if you if you ever hear the if you ever hear that Embracer bought your favorite thing, you're gonna it's not gonna be your favorite thing much longer. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. But Steve, I gotta get my Funko Pop. Um. Uh, I, one last thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, sorry, Matt. I wanted to get my Funko Pop Aragorn. Uh, the show that I like, The Lord of the Rings. Uh, how else are people in the office going to know I'm unique? Uh, so <laughs> I want to talk about uh, some some novels. Uh, I, 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 I'm starting one novel that I'm really enjoying. It's called uh, Empire of Silence. It starts off really good. So I'm, I don't know. I just started it. And, Is it uh, Necrons? No, no, no. This is actually a non-Games Workshop sci-fi book that I'm reading. Oh, shit. All right. Cool. I have been told it is the next, like, big, great sci-fi space opera. Mm, that's yes. a bold statement. I know. So I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i give some updates when I get further along into it. Um, it's, a, it's about a guy who, like, I guess it's like all humans in the galaxy are under attack by a, uh, like, let's just call them orcs, right? And so this one guy uh, basically destroys a sun and kills the entire um, the, uh, the entire alien fleet. This happens mm -hmm. in like the first paragraph, so it's not like a spoiler. And it's about him who's it's about the guy telling the story of how he became like a normal person to being this genocidal maniac. But, you know, some people love him because he saved humanity and some people hate him because he like committed genocide. So it sounds okay. really interesting. And there's laser swords. Ooh, I do like yes. laser swords. Yes, laser swords and spaceships. Um, and the other book that I read, I finished up the End and the Death Part Two, the the second, the penultimate Horse Heresy book. Um, I will say it was probably the dumbest book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Aside from the Sanguinius Horus fight, which was pretty good, the. So, Steve, I, I want to. You probably have no idea about any of this, but the in in the story, they've been leading up to this idea that the emperor is going to become a chaos god. Ooh. So that's kind of like this thing. Like, so they're they're leading up. Everyone's talking about this thing called the Dark King. The Dark King. Everyone thinks it's going to be Horus is going to uh -huh. ascend to be a chaos god, the Dark King. But in reality, it's that the the emperor is going to be the the dark king now here's here's the issue with that steve is that nowhere in the book is there any lead up to this right it's not like the emperor going like i must make hard choices and and do that i must do this it's the only way type thing right isn't 
is I mean, let me let, let, let me uh, pause real quick. But isn't the emperor dead? No, not not yet. Not in the Horus Heresy. Emperor dies after uh, Horus kills Sanguinius. So Horus kills Sanguinius, and then Emperor and Horus fight, and it basically puts him as like you know puts him near death. Oh, okay, very good. Yes. Okay, so he. You know, you would think that there'd be some build up, some lead up. So like throughout the series, like you'd see hints of the emperor's upcoming, like ascend to a chaos goddamn, right? Mm-hmm. No, just halfway through the book, he kind of becomes a chaos god. And <laughs> just randomly, it just happens. And they give an explanation of like, I have to do this to defeat Horus. And then someone says, you can't do this to defeat Horus. And the emperor's like, okay. And he gives up the power. <laughs> it's literally what fucking happens in the book spoilers everybody i apologize for that but the book's been out for like like a month now at this point that's pretty but bad holy shit was i pissed uh that's pretty bad <laughs> now i could have missed something like maybe i had fallen asleep at some point while listening to it on audiobook and i just like missed this whole thing but i don't think i did steve i don't think i did um, Dan Abnett is a very fine writer when it comes to Dacas and Bolters and Wogs. However, that man need like editors need to rein in writers sometimes. It happens. You can do that. You're allowed to do that as an editor to tell a writer no. No one has told Dan Abnett no with these books. Hmm. So yeah, kind of it, right. it, 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 <laughs> Literally, the last two books should have been cut down and combined into one. And I and I'll and I'll say and I'll say my uh, my statement that I've said with many of the Horus Heresy books. It's that anytime you have humans in the book as main characters or point of view characters, the story just grinds to a halt. Because I'm not reading this book to hear about humans. I'm reading this book to to see space marines shooting space marines. That's what I want. You know, don't don't give me this perspective of human bullshit. I don't care. I want to see a space marine with a chainsaw sword cutting into another space marine who has a um, uh, a laser sword. Does yes, that make sense? I, I agree. <laughs> I don't. I don't need this nonsense, and especially because there's so many characters, it's like you just lose track of them. Even though you've seen that you've read about them in other books, it's just like, wait, I don't know who this character is. I don't know what's going on here. Mm. You know, it, it's an issue I have. But aside from that, that was like my my two literary things. <laughs> Oh, and I started reading the uh, the last End Times book was also out on Audible, um, and it, it's it's boring. It's very very boring. So I, I kind of stopped it to start this uh, this new. I love that. I love that a book about the uh, apocalypse of a fucking beloved fictional world is boring. <laughs> it really, it's it's not well written, Steve. That's, it's not that, well written. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, but it's, it goes down to the fact of like Black Library is its own publishing house, right? And that means that they have to have editors in house looking at all these books. And so these aren't like real, these aren't like, like editors from Penguin Books or or Hunt and Mifflin or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they don't have quite the taste of the, of a, of a literary genius, you know? So that's, that's an issue. That's very much an issue. Uh, yeah. I see it. Sounds sounds like a problem. Sounds like a problem. Sounds like a problem. El Horde de Dunwich. El Horde de Dunwich. Um, have uh, you seen Suitable Flesh yet? Suitable Flesh. I have not heard of Suitable Flesh. It's the it's um, it's a horror movie um based on H.P. Lovecraft's The Thing at the Door, and it was like Stuart Gordon's last movie that he was going to work on before he died. So the guy who did Reanimator and From Beyond and Dagon. Yes, of course. 
so Barbara Crampton, who was the main character from or the main female lead from Reanimator, got this made. And it's written by like the guy who did Reanimator. It was produced by the guy who produced Reanimator and all those movies. It was just directed by Joe Lynch. And uh, I have yet to see it. And I kind of really want to see it. Um, uh, it has uh, it has a lot of praise. Yeah, it just it's unavailable currently at the moment. So that's what's bothering me. It looks like you can rent it for six bucks on Amazon. I don't rent movies on Amazon. I pay money to Amazon so I can watch stuff on there. I don't need to pay more money for that. How about that? You could pay seven dollars to rent it on YouTube. Ooh, on YouTube. <laughs> on YouTube. That's even worse. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes YouTube has free movies. Uh, I watched uh, Big Trouble in Little China the other day. I was like, I was like, oh, hey, why is this movie here? It's free. I will watch it. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, I, I usually watch my free stuff through Tubi or, or Vudu. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Tubi a lot actually. Um, yeah, it looks like the it looks like the the the, the I mean, if you care for the Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, it seems pretty solid, eighty five percent for critics. Oh yeah, that's it's it's audience so. It's supposedly really good, so that's what I'm kind of excited I, about. I also have to throw the horror arc in there because it's a horror movie. That means that this mo this movie is probably very, very good. Hey, that uh, could very well be, yeah. But because I find most, I find there, there, there's still to this day a anti horror film bias on all reviewers. Uh, you know, I, I would have said that like back, like let's take it back ten uh, years when, unless it's made by A24. <laughs> Yeah, like pr like when print journalism was real, like people had issues, like people have issues with with horror movies. However, no one cares about print journalism anymore. So most of these Rotten Tomato scores are coming from online sources anyway. And most online sources, if you're going to review a horror movie, are going to give a very honest review of the horror movie and not have a bias against it. Yeah. I, I there's a, there's actually a there's a there's a Spanish horror movie I want to see called Everyone Will Burn. It looks really Ooh. good. Yeah, it looks it looks really fucking good. I don't uh, know the Spanish word for burn. Burn. Uh, burno. <laughs> Combustamos. Combusto. Combust. No, combustamos. Combustamos. Everybody burns. There you go. Combustamos. <laughs> combustamos. Uh, yeah, it it uh it looks oh. good. It looks it looks really good. Uh, but obviously it's it's a fucking Spanish movie, so like I don't know where the fuck I can watch it. I don't know, but maybe you could watch that and read the Spanish uh, Cthulhu books at the same time. Oh, I know nice. it's you're, you're more on the Japanese, but. Hi, so this. And what was I? I watched um, Sisu, which I recommend. Uh, Sisu is the one with it's. Uh, That's the farmer who just kills Nazis, right? It, well, it's a gold. He's a he's a he's a prospector. Ah, that's right. Okay. So he's you know he's this Finnish prospector who fought against the communists in the Winter War, um, and fought alongside the Nazis. I'm just going to be saying that. I, I mean I know the friend of the, my enemy is my the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but it's you're on the side of the Nazis. Let's just be honest here. But anyway, <laughs> the Nazis are retreating from Finland because of um, politics, and then uh, so they are, they come across this guy who finds a bunch of gold and they want to steal his gold. So he just kills every single Nazi, and it's pretty amazing. Um, very Tarantino-esque. I, okay. I recommend it. Yeah, I'm down. So, yes, it, it definitely a a fun watch, and it's like one of those ones where the main character doesn't talk, but it's cool. Not like uh, not like the Nick Cage movie. <laughs> what that movie was awesome. You're talking about Willy's Wonderland. Oh my God, Willy's Wonderland. I th I, I remember seeing it on the Willy's podcast. Wonderland. It was such a disappointment. It was not good. Oh, I loved Willy's Wonderland. I thought it was great. Uh it made no sense, and I, everything. 
everything looks so bad. Yeah, that's why it was great. Uh, <laughs> although I don't know, I've heard, so I I cannot get an accurate read on if the five. I am I'm going to go with my gut and say the Five Nights at Freddy's movie is dog shit. Um, but I I, I cannot get an accurate uh, an accurate uh, read on it. Read on it because there's too many there's too many people who just like like Five Nights at Freddy's, so they're like they're gonna like it no matter what. Oh, that's true. I I look at it as more of well, okay. So that's a that's a that's an interesting thing because you know that since there's a lot of people who like Five Nights at Freddy's, they like it. So that goes to show that it's not against the Five Nights at Freddy's like story or brand, so to speak. Right, exactly. So I mean, that's good for people who like Five Nights at Freddy's. But like, do I like Five Nights at Freddy's? I don't know. I mean, I have no issues with Five Nights at Freddy's. I think anybody who's looking for the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's is. Uh, that's that's my question really like, to get out and read a book that, that's 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 my question is like I, I i have like you know the the vague bits of lore that i've gleaned from watching let's plays of the five nights of freddy's games and like they seem innocuous they're fine like you know the first the first game is entertaining enough but uh whatever uh that question my my question is now like do i do i think the lore is good enough to hold up to a movie i don't know <laughs> i don't know i do not know i do know that i, I just watched a video on an old game called vangers Vangers, Vangers. It might be Vangers. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. It's a, it's a fucking Russian game, so I don't know how you're supposed to say it. But it's V A N G E R S. Vodka. He's vodka. Uh, but it is like so. The game looks fine, vodka. but the 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 game world is like fucking crazy and super interesting. And I really like the concept of the game world. So the it's a sci-fi. It's a it's a you know super sci-fi setting. And uh, <clears throat> the long and short is like humans figured out a way to travel interdimensionally. And uh, eventually, like, you know, it, it, there's nothing alive. We encounter nothing alive, nothing alive. And then we get to a point where we find that there are the, this alien race. And there's, they're like these, they're, they're basically like bugs, like giant bugs for all intents and purposes. Like, they, okay. like there's, giant ca- there's giant caterpillars. There's anything. They're sentient. So they're uh, not like the brain bugs in um, uh, Starship Troopers. They're, they're, you know, they're individuals. And, of course, we immediately go to war with them um yay because we're humans uh yeah. and and then and then it turned in in the surprise twist uh we 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 accidentally did a good which i thought was great uh because they're they're the reason there are so many different types of bugs because they're they're an actual like dominating conquering species kind of like the tyranids okay so like we accidentally a good guide ourselves <laughs> and which I thought was really funny. I think that's a good twist. Like humans did it. Humans did not do it for altruistic reasons, but suddenly it's like, oh, actually, we are good guys. They're they're villainous. Uh, so then, but one of the sides creates a bioweapon, and they, they they don't reveal which side it is. And the bioweapon is so deadly and so severe, both sides cut off their teleportation to the like the main planet where Vangers takes place, and the bioweapon evolves and doesn't kill anyone anymore but creates this weird new hybrid race that exists of half human half insect aliens so okay so everyone is this weird half human half insect hybrid thing and this setting is the fucking background and i kid you not of a fucking top-down racing game You had me at the first part, Steve. You had me I, at the first part. I, I, I am I am glad that I got you. It, it, is, it is literally a top-down racing game. I uh, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say like that's an interesting concept for like a a novel, but I'm sure it's been 
it may have been explored before in something or other. It sounds kind of familiar of like, like, so there's like a, like a galactic federation, right? Of, mm. of planets that are being under attack by an overwhelming enemy. And this enemy just happens to fall into like, um, like the uh, earth's backyard. Yeah. And earth is not part of the federation or anything like that. We're just like, like people are staying like, they're like, they consider us backwater kind yes. of. However, because of Earth's ingenuity and the fact of like we're not going to let some aliens take over us, we like we wipe out this part of the invasion fleet, and then we're like, you know what, we're going to go hunt these motherfuckers down. And so we, you know, we take our 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 essentially flying brick ships that have that are nothing but like guns with engines like strapped to it, mm-hmm. and just start destroying these enemies. And the Federation is like, what the fuck is going on? You know, this hyper advanced, we got teleportation, we got replicators, we are a post-scarcity federation of planets, but yet here comes this, you know, these hairless monkeys flying around in a, on a strap to a gun on a, on a rocket, <laughs> destroying these bad guys. I love it. And then they're like, um, can we do anything to help you guys out? Like, do you have bigger guns? <laughs> do you have more guns? <laughs> do you have guns? We need guns. I would I would I would like that idea. And then it's like the end of the of the series is basically this federation trying to figure out what to do with Earth like this. this like, yeah, they saved us all. But can we trust the naked hair? Can we trust the hairless apes with with our technology? Yeah, it's like, can we trust? Can we trust the can we trust the barbarians who absolutely wiped the floor with this species that was killing us all? They seem friendly enough, but yet I'm afraid they're going to take our replicator and turn it into a weapon. I like it. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I think I, I I might I might write this book myself. All right, uh, do we have any other gaming stuff to talk about? Nah, I'm good. All right, so go to the Game Classy Facebook page. It's the best way to find the link to the Game Classy Discord, where we're most active. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I I posted my I just posted my 3D uh, printed ornament that I'm giving out today to to my uh to my uh what's it called white elephant gift. It is a uh, Hans Gruber falling from the Nakatomi Plaza. And written on there is Merry Christmas, but Die Hard opened on July 22nd, 1988. Um, Just to let people know, that was actually it's a dig at Pat B. Because Pat B puts up his Christmas lights two days before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Um, And I yell at him. I'm like, you don't put your stuff up together two days before Thanksgiving. We have, you know, you got to give proper time to the season, right? He's like, oh, but you got to worry about the weather. You got to worry. No, you don't got to worry about the weather. Like if, if you're putting up that much lights that you're put worrying about the weather, you're doing it wrong. Talking yeah. about the weather. Yeah. And so uh, I posted a picture that I was watching Die Hard. He goes, oh, a little early for a Christmas movie. And I said, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It's not. No, it opened in July. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think I've decided I'm, I think I'm going to agree with uh, I think I'm going to actually go hard line about that and now be like Christmas movies must have opened in the Christmas season. Yeah, let's go for that. That's that's just, what I'm going for now. Just like uh, how um, what's it called? Uh, uh, Hocus Pocus is not a Halloween movie because it opened up in June. There you go. Yeah. So we could go ahead and take the game classy stance. We are no longer dealing with this nonsense. It has to have opened up in the Christmas season. For it to be a holiday film, it must have opened up in or around that holiday season. I would even even allow like a, a, a late November opening for a Christmas movie. That's fine. Yeah, well, I would say that the Thanksgiving weekend is kind of like, you know, yeah, that's the time when you'd watch a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you that. Like that's the leeway. But other so other the Lord of that, the Rings movies, I believe, are all Christmas movies, correct? And they all open up around 
November-ish, or am I just imagining that? Uh, you know, I don't actually know. Uh, oh no, they were all they actually they were all Christmas movies. Uh, they yeah. were all released in December. December. See, I knew I, was, I knew they were released around that yeah. time. All right, so Lord of the Rings Christmas movies. There you go. Die Hard, not a Christmas movie. See, we got it. <laughs> yes, that's that, that. Oh, that's even better. Every movie that opened in December is a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> The only true Christmas movie is Christmas with the Cranks. I've said it there. Oh, Christmas with the Cranks, huh? That's, That's the worst your, movie ever. That's your thing. I, I mean, I've never seen Christmas with the Cranks, but I will. I, there's no shot. It's the worst movie ever. No, it's not the worst movie ever. No, that 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 goes to uh, Thor, the first Thor movie. I mean, the first Thor movie is pretty bad, but worst ever. I mean, <laughs> in my opinion, it is worst ever. Is a, that's a that's like a that's a that's a that is a that is a moniker. It's a it's a bold term. It is. All right. Um, I was so, able to sit through it. Like, I, 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 I have to say, if I if I was able to sit through the film, it can't be the worst ever. <laughs> All right. Um, and then you could also the best way you can talk about the podcast, like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube's like comment, subscribe on the iTunes. If you want to follow more of me, you could follow me at at Game Classy Joe on Instagram. And you can follow Steve at at Command Throw on Blue Sky. Blue Sky. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not on. Uh, uh, the blue sky. There ain't a cloud inside. All right. So, uh, Steve, until next time. Uh, I recommend watching King of the Hill again because it is a lot better than I remember. <laughs> Adios. Later. Game Classy.